as the recording begins, say hello to everyone who joins us on the podcast. We don't know who you are, but we think you're pretty awesome. So today is Vision Sunday. It said once a year, the first Sunday of every year, we have Vision Sunday. And I want to explain to you why we do this. And I'm going to give you a story. Everyone at an airport, I've been to four different airports, three different airports in the last four days, right? And something that I realized is everyone who turns up to an airport has a reason to turn up. You ever realize this? You ever realize you never go to the airport just for the sake of going to an airport? No one does that. Everyone who's at the airport is either going, coming, dropping someone off, picking someone up, or working there. Everyone at an airport has a purpose of why they are there, and it's a very clear purpose. You know, seriously, you, you don't go to the airport just to hang out, just to kill some time. That's weird. See, I think something that I learned just going to all these airports was it was a reminder that when we don't have a specific purpose or reason in our lives and in our church, we're missing the point. Church is not just a place where you come to hang out. Funny enough, in our minds, we'd go, oh, we'd never go to an airport just to hang out and, 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 and just, you know, kill some time. And yet, we, we could think like that about church. Oh, you know, Sunday, go hang out, you know, just go knock off a few hours there. But in the same way that there is a specific purpose uh, and, and intentionality about airports, exactly the same thing about church. That's why we have Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday is the one Sunday a year we just pause. We pause everything. We pause all of our ministries, all of our preaching series. We pause everything to remind ourselves why we do what we do. Why do we do church? Why do we do church the way we do church? And so we take the first Sunday of February as life groups launch and ministries launch and, and the kids' ministries launch. We take this time to pause and just remind ourselves. Because I promise you, if I, if I was to go around and ask each person in this room, why do you think this church exists? We would get so many different answers. But actually, there's, there's a few common answers that we all need to understand. Every year, we have a word or a phrase. Right? It, it helps us to sort of navigate some of the themes that God's doing in our church. Last year, it was the theme, journeying with Jesus. Year before that, it was like new beginnings. This year's word is just focus. We've been, uh, this church has existed for five and a half years now. We'll be hitting our sixth year mark in, in, in June, which is very exciting. And in the last five and a half years, we've kind of like dabbled in a little bit of this, and we've tried a little bit of this, and focused a little bit of here, and 
And I feel like for five and a half years, we kind of did bits and pieces and bits and pieces, and trying to still just trying to, uh, you know, work out who we are, what we're meant to be doing. But I, th- I feel like this year, the, the word for our church is the word focus. To do what we're meant to do and not waste time and resources on other things. Now, these other things aren't necessarily bad things. They could be great things. But if it's not the main thing, or if it's not the purpose, then you're wasting your time. We're wasting our time. We're wasting our resources. I want to show you a quick video. It's a five-minute video. Who explains this way better than I do? Into the message today, I'm used to speaking to Filipinos, and Filipinos love games. So I want you to find your inner Filipino now for the next couple of minutes, and we're going to play a game. It's a simple game, and here's how you play. I'm going to flash a logo on the screen, and you get one word. I want you to shout one word that describes what they give the world. It describes what they make. What do they, sample, here's number one. Here's the sample, okay? What is it? Ah, good. Okay, number two. Yeah, number three. God, you're great at this. Amazing. Okay, next one. With passion. Next one. Okay, now think for just a moment. One more, and I want you to shout it really loud. This most important one of all. Next. One word. All right, now. Here's what happens. I find it interesting that a room full of thousands of church planters and pastors are absolutely certain what Budweiser makes. There's no confusion, there's no hesitation. We are certain what Marlboro gives the world. But when it comes to our local church, we sound like the Tower of Babel. We don't know, we're not clear. But I would submit to you today that as surely as Rolex gives the world watches, as surely as KFC makes chicken, as surely as Harley Davidson makes motorcycles, although I would prefer an Indian, as surely, that's not what I ride, as surely as Marlboro makes cigarettes, the church is supposed to make disciples. It's that clear. Now, let me go to a Bible, two Bible verses that I know you have studied, memorized, preached, prayed, and obeyed. So I know you know this. Here we go. Matthew 16, verse 18. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. A few pages later, Jesus spoke to his disciples, the same group of people, and he said this, Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, These are two very important job descriptions for people like you and I. Jesus' job description is to build the church. Your job description is to make disciples. If you get mixed up about that, and there have been times as a church planter, there have been times as a pastor when I have to admit that I've kind of bumped Jesus out of the way and I've tried to build the church. And it's almost as as if he'll step back and go, you want to give it a try? You think you can build the church? Give it a shot. But the times when it works is when I do my job. 
I make disciples, and then you know what will happen? Jesus will take those disciples, and you will be amazed at what he builds with them. Disciples are the raw material of building churches. Too many pastors are so tied up and so involved, and their schedule is so filled with church meetings and with doing church stuff and with meeting with church people and with doing all the church stuff they don't have time to even engage their neighbor with the gospel and begin to make disciples. Jesus built the church, we make disciples. Now, a little simple thought about that passage when Jesus says, you go and make disciples. The most basic hermeneutic principle here is that when Jesus said something, we've got to figure out what did he mean when he said it And what did it mean to those people who heard it? Because it can't mean something to us today that it didn't mean then. The application is different, but the meaning is not. When Jesus said, go make disciples, there is not one person who heard him, not one, who thought Jesus meant go find people who are already following me and help them do it better. But that's what discipleship is in the modern Western church. Discipleship is a program to help church people be better church people. Discipleship is a class for the Christian to become a committed Christian. Discipleship is a course that we run semester by semester for church people. But when the people heard Jesus say, go make disciples, they thought he meant find people who don't know me and introduce them to me and help them follow me. Now, what the modern church has done, we have separated the Siamese twins of evangelism and discipleship. And by doing so, we have killed both. Evangelism is the first step of discipleship. So this is the mission of the church, not just our church. This is what Jesus says, go and make disciples. This should be the mission of every Bible-believing, Jesus-following church, is to go and make disciples. I love it. His name is Steve Morell. He... He was a missionary in, in the Philippines for 17 years. And uh, he's just got this amazing story of he just went and made disciples. And for f- 12 years, it never got past 100. And his church is something like 100,000 in the last like seven years or something. The mission of our church Okay, yes, community is important. Yes, social justice is important. Yes, all of these other things are important. But the bottom line of it has to be to go make disciples. And I love how Steve says, it's not, discipleship is not a program to make Christians better Christians. I think one of the weakest uh, things that, 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 that is uh, in our church especially and, and, and other churches, but really in our churches, is evangelism. No one is engaged in evangelism. No one feels the need to engage in evangelism. And we scratch our heads going, why aren't there new people coming to church? So this year we really want to focus in on what the mission is. And that's why we've come up with a brand new mission statement to to really represent why 
like if someone now comes to the chapel, this is what we are about. Okay, to belong to Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to be a blessing in Jesus' name. If someone comes into our community, they say, what is your church about? We'll say, well, it's about belonging, becoming, and blessing. And the verse that Pastor May has brought us along with is, is from Matthew 4.19. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to, be, to fish for people or to be fishers of men. I've said this over and over again. We cannot afford to repeat the last five years of our history as a church over the next five. Because it will still just be you and I will all be five years older and nothing else would have changed. That's not the church that Jesus wanted. Jesus didn't want an internal social club to sit here on our laurels, enjoy the premises, you know, enjoy each other's fellowship, you know, nice and comfortable. Uh, that's not what church is about. So this is the, that's the mission statement, and then this is the model that, that Pastor May has come with. So it starts with begin. I, I, can I tell you? It goes begin, and then there's gospel, and then there's this whole idea of, you know, belong, become, bless. We have not done too much with begin. We've done a little bit with gospel, and we've done a little bit with this stuff. But we really want to focus on making disciples and not making disciples from other churches. You know, when when someone comes from another church to our church, I get really suspicious. I'm like, why did you come? Because if if they're like, you know, there's so many sort of, cliche like oh you know i i feel like my church was not investing into me and i scratch my head and go oh, i don't think it's going to be any better here i really didn't like the pastor's preaching oh no <laughs> i use the same stories and have been for the last 14 years but we really want to move away from this idea of other churched Christians. Those Christians can just go to other churches. What we need to understand is that our first point of discipleship, of making disciples, is non-believers, people that do not know Jesus. He said, make disciples, not steal sheep. So, this is a, a, it's a sermon and it's also a presentation of what's happening. So, what's new in 2019? If that's the mission, evangelism and discipleship, if that's the mission, if, if that's the goal, if that's what we're going to be doing, what's new? To know where you stand in your faith and for the church to help you grow. We realize reading through research that there is a spiritual Journey. There is a spiritual pathway that you can map out. People are like, oh, you can't map out spirituality. You can't map out how how deep my relationship with God is. No, no, actually we can. (laughs) And it's been done. We want to help you to grow. But not just grow for the sake of your growth, but grow for the sake of uh, understanding God and, and, and His desires for the world. 
so that you can go and make disciples. We want to have a clear map of how your spiritual journey progresses and to be a guide through each stage, to be personal coaches, to speak with you individually uh, within life groups, within discipleships, within one-on-ones, within corporate settings like this, to firstly help you understand where you are and then, well, where's the next step? It said, what's new in 2019? The focus on the mission statement. Belong, become blessed. Belong, become blessed. We're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to hear this over and over again. Belong, become blessed. You are going to get sick of these three words. I promise you. If there is a week that I do not mention these three words, you can tell me, the first person that tells me, I'll buy them dinner. These are on repeat in my, in my mouth. So what's new in these three? Well, the first stage is belong. Belong is the new meet and greet dinner. Once a month, uh, we're going to have a, a newcomer's dinner. Anyone that's new, anyone, they don't even have to come to our church, anyone that's come through, once a month, we want to meet them and we want to say hello. We had, a, we had a story last week where, last week, a few weeks ago, a lady came and she said, you know, I've been coming to this church from November. And you're the third person that said hello to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. Thank you for still being here. No, we, we, we need to focus more on, on new people. I would not apologize for that. I will not apologize pulling our resources, our human resources, our financial resources into the act of evangelism and hospitality. So we're going to invest into meet and greet dinners. That's uh, 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 last Saturday of the month. Work with the newcomers team. Work with you guys. You bring a new person, you get to come. Free meal. I'll be there. Pastor May will be there. Our leaders will rotate. So new people get to know us. We get to know them. We get to hear where their story is, what their questions are. And we get to get to know. And then on top of that, we want to provide a very clear gospel presentation. Uh, I, I met a kid playing volleyball last week, and he said he, he stopped going to church. And I said, why did you stop going to church? He said, oh, you know, I don't really believe in what, you know, the gospel says. And I said, what about the gospel don't you agree with? And he's like, oh, you know, you have to serve in all these ministries, and you have to do all this. And I said, I don't know if we're talking about the same gospel here. It's funny because he rejected the church based on a gospel that wasn't even the church's. So what we want to do is we want to take a, a four-week period to sit down systematically and say, look, we, this is the gospel. We're not going to force you to believe it, but this is exactly, like know what you're going to reject and know what you're going to accept. So that gospel discovering, the gospel class is going to be running uh, three times a year. Okay. First one's coming up in March, I think it is. We're going to have our evangelistic event for our family and friends and life groups. Can I tell you right now, life groups is not just like let's get together, hold hands, sit around in a circle and sing Kumbaya. That's not life group. Okay? 
This year, Life Groups is going to have a heavy focus on evangelism, on new people. And if you're uncomfortable with that, you've got to work out why you're uncomfortable with that. I'm letting you know, I'm letting the guys know who are joining my life group. It's going to get uncomfortable. So that's new in the belong segment of our church. What's new in the become segment? Life groups. Becoming. Becoming more like Jesus. How do we do that in life groups? We do that in serving in ministries, uh, providing classes, one-to-one discipleship opportunities, and, and coaching. I need to go back to the gym. I will this week, I promise. You know, co- uh, gym's the same. If you don't know why you're there, you're wasting your time. Go and try this and go try that. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what your goals are. That's wasting your time. That's why personal trainers are so important. Because they ask you, why are you here? What is it that you want to achieve? Let me tell you how you can get there and let me walk with you along that journey. And that's exactly what we want to do for you. As a church, that's what we want to do for you. We want to field your questions. Wherever you are, that's where we'll start. Wherever you are, that's, that's, that's where we'll meet you and then we'll walk with you. So we want to provide more opportunities for people to learn how to not just become a Christian, but to grow in living as a Christian. And not just self-centeredness. It's not just about what can I do? What can it be? You know, what, what, what's it for me? Because the third stage is the blessed stage. Blessing, life groups, serving, missions, discipleship. And it just goes round and round. More and more blessing, local community, overseas community. I had a great time in, in, in Cambodia. I was only there for two days, but I feel like we accomplished so much. You know, we're going to be announcing our, our next trip at our anniversary, but I'm pretty sure the date's going to get locked in in the next six weeks. Why do we do that? Why do we go? Guys will tell you, why do we go? Why do we spend two weeks, you know, take annual leave? Why? It's so that we can bless others. Belong, become, bless. What else is new in 2019? We started a new internship program. So this year we have two internships. Uh, firstly, we have a board internship. So at, uh, currently at our church, uh, uh, the authority and leadership hangs with the board. And the board consists of James um, and Arnie and myself. And this year we've invited Tony to come on as a board intern for the rest of the year. And then uh, probably as a full member uh, towards the end of the year. And then secondly, we, we've also offered a ministry internship. Now, a ministry internship is, is, is for someone that is considering full-time ministry later. And we want to give them a place where they can experience ministry, where they can taste ministry, they can get their hands involved in ministry. And uh, what's really exciting is Clement. Uh, some of you may or may not know Clement. Uh, Clement's 17 years old. 17. And he asked, hey, can I, can I experience ministry? And we said, we'd love to set up this program. We did tell him he's the guinea pig because we don't have a program. We're just going to make one around him. But you know what? Like, we want our church not just to be about ourselves, but we want to be producing pastors and missionaries and, and leaders, not just for the sake of our community, but to send them out. So that's new. What else is new? 
We want to be very specific in how we cater and help each and every one of you, especially those that are serving. One of the biggest complaints that we've had over the last decade is, especially for those that are serving in the children's ministry, like right now, right? They all go down, they all miss a sermon. And the biggest complaint is, I don't get my feeding. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get much. So what we've done is, uh, we've heard that, and we've responded. And so now on Sunday, okay, you need to, we'll put this on a piece of paper for you next week. We have a pre-service gathering, 3.30 to 4.10. It's like pre-Sunday service service. And this is mainly aimed for all the volunteers that are serving on a Sunday that can't be here. Like everyone who's downstairs, you know, sometimes the welcoming committee, they're all over the place. Sometimes even the worship team, they're all over the place. We want to give them a space where they can engage in God's word. So obviously it will be a smaller gathering, it will be a devotional style gathering, but I'll be preaching. So they get the word. 410 to 425 is now our pre-service prayer. We used to call it adoration, but now it's specifically, what do we do? We pray for the service. When? Before the service. 410 to 425. And this is open for everyone. You want to come, you're serving. You know, we, we expect all those that are serving to come and pray. Join us in prayer. Dinner. We used to have once a month dinner. We canned it. Too hard. Too like, why do we do this? But what we've done is we we decided we're going to go big event dinners. So six dinners this year. Vision Sunday, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversary and Christmas. Right? The dates are all set. I can give them to you. And they're good. Like the level of dinner that we used to have, it's gone up a level. Tonight we're having pulled pork burgers and chicken burgers and vegetarian burger. Just one. (laughs) You know, we want to make these dinners special so everyone stays and everyone has great fellowship time. Of course, we'd love it if we had the manpower and the finance to do it every week. We just can't. So we're going to be intentional. Spiritual growth. Expect spiritual growth. Just like when you go to the gym to have clear goals, clear pathways on how to get there, clear help from those that know what they are doing, and then encouragement to get busy. Something that the pastors, May and myself, what we're going to be doing is we're going to sit down with each of our, our, our people and say, look, where are you? Where are you? How can we help you? And we're going to put you on some program. We're going to put you, we're going to support you through that. Help you to grow. To be clear and focused on what we are called to do to make disciples of Jesus and help them grow. Now, there are three challenges to spiritual growth. And you you may have experienced this. You may experience this in the future. Firstly is desire. If you have no desire to grow spiritually, then you will not grow spiritually. It's as simple as that. No one stumbles into health. No one accidentally wakes up and is healthy. Same with spirituality. Same with our relationship with God. You don't wake up suddenly and go, oh, I'm really healthy with God today. 
You know, I, I, I really love people today. No, it, it doesn't accidentally happen. You have to start. There has to be a desire. We've noticed in, in the history of our church, one of the biggest issues about spiritual growth is that people don't want to grow. People don't care. Coming to church, ticking it off for two hours, and, 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 and my obligation is done, is enough for a lot of people. And you know what? Honestly, for those people, we can't do much for you. Because that's your desire. Your desire will overrule everything that we can help you with. That's the first, uh, first challenge to spiritual growth. Second challenge is direction. You don't know where to go. Yes, I want to grow. I want to get to know God more. I want to know more about Him, but I don't know where. Where do I start? How do I move? That's why we've got the whole Pathways program in. So that it gives you a clear indication of where you are and where you're heading. It said, by the end of March... Um, if you have a desire to, to get involved and, and, and we haven't spoken to you, please come and see me. I'd love to sit down with you. We've got a map, got a timeline. Do, 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 do. So having a clear direction. And third one is what? Discipline. Yes, I want to grow. Yes, that's how we do it. But man, I can't do the simple struggle to come to church every week on time if at all, life groups, serving, reading my Bible, praying. It's a challenge to spiritual growth. I want to challenge you this year, 2019, to not be comfortable in where you are right now. Healthy things grow. Healthy living Things grow. If you are a healthy Christian, you should be growing. Now, of course, it's going to look different every single person. But if you if you have the desire and the direction and the discipline, you will grow. That's a guarantee. It's like going to the gym. Desire, direction, and discipline. See, for me, I have desire. I also have direction. I just don't have the discipline. <laughs> Some people just don't have desire. Who cares? Some people don't have direction. But we want to be able to provide all three of those things for you. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to our church. And I want to finish with this. The church is here to help. Come on board the journey in 2019. I promise you, you will be further down the track of belonging to God, becoming more like Jesus, and being a blessing to those around you if you come on board. Now, I can't force you. I can't force you to desire God more. I can't force you to belong to God more, to become more like Jesus. No one can force you. That's a, that's a heart issue. But from what we have heard from some of the people in our community, there, there, is a, there, there are people that are desiring to want that. And you know what? We'll work with them. doesn't mean we're going to ignore the rest of you. When you're ready, we'll walk with you. We'll come alongside exactly where you're at. We're not going to push you. Trust me, I've, I've learned lessons. Trying to push people into heaven doesn't work trying to push people into maturity. It doesn't work. And, and here's the beauty of it, guys. We've got time. We've got time. I'm going to, you know what? 
I'm going to be doing this for the next 35 years. We've got plenty of time. It doesn't work out this year. Eh, let's try 2020. I had a conversation with one of our sisters who went on missions. Oh, there's only one sister that went on missions. So there's the anonymous nature gone. And I was like, we were sharing. I was like, wow, 12 years. Doing this journey for 12 years. Just can't get rid of you. <laughs> 12 years. I'd love to be journeying with you for the next 12 years, next 20 years. You know, in your different stages of life, different seasons of life. You're a single uni student. And, you know, so we've been there. I've been there when you guys were like that, coming to my house, eating all my food, food that I had to pay for. And then suddenly you get a girlfriend and a boyfriend. Woo, see you later. And then you get married. And then you come back. Because you start fighting in your marriage and you don't know where else to go. And then you still come and eat my food. You know, and then you have kids. And then they start coming over and eating my food. <laughs> this circle of life is, I uh, can't see the end of it. What's the purpose? What's the vision? It's to make disciples. Not make better Christians. It's to make disciples. I really, I'm telling you this now, if you, if you have not spoken to a non-believer this year about your faith, about introducing them to Jesus, then I would go as close to say that you have missed the point of what Jesus wants for you. I'm excited. I'm tired right now, but I'm excited. I'm excited because already, already we are seeing the fruits of this mission, this focus come along. Next week, we're going to talk about life groups. We're going to talk about why we do community. We're going to talk about maturity. End of the month, we're going to talk about blessing. We're going to talk about ministry. Why, why serve? Why get involved? to belong to Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to be a blessing in Jesus' name. This is the vision and the mission of our church. My prayer is that you would come on board, that you would really onboard this, not just go to this church, but be a part of this church. Let's pray.